0: Openness in a Year of Lockdowns. You're listening to the Planning, Environment and Property podcast, brought to you by the members of 39 Essex Chambers. I'm John pugh planning barrister, promoter and preventer of Greenbelt Located Developments. Now, in a year that has brought us the national lockdown and perhaps a fresh appreciation of daily exercise, It is one of the many oddities, as well as ironies, that the higher courts have produced more planning jurisprudence on the concept of openness than ever before. In early February, it was thought by many practitioners that the Supreme Court had given a sufficiently clear statement of the correct approach in the Samuel Smith Old Brewery case against North Yorkshire County Council, and indeed there, the issue of openness was in the context of a challenge to an extension of a quarry in the Green Belt. Disagreeing with the approach taken by the Court of Appeal, the Supreme Court held that for the purposes of the MPPF, the visual quality of the landscape was not in itself an essential part of the openness for which the Green Belt was protected. Rather, it was a broad policy concept. Naturally, read it referred back to the underlying aim of the Greenbelt to, quotes, prevent urban sprawl by keeping land permanently open. Visual effects may or may not be taken into account in other circumstances, but that was a matter not of legal principle, but of planning judgment for the planning authority or the inspector. Nevertheless, on the 3rd of April, in an early example of a remotely handed down planning judgment during the first lockdown, the Court of Appeal revisited the issue in the case of Hooke against the Secretary of State. The context there was a statutory challenge against an Appeal inspector's finding that alterations to a building amounted to inappropriate development within the Greenbelt because it was not a building for agriculture, in consequence of which he had not needed to consider the imposition of an agricultural occupancy condition. Addressing the issue, Lord Justice Limblom set out the basic points from the relevant cases in the following terms. First, that the concepts referred to in the MPPF policy for the Green Belt for inappropriate development, very special circumstances, the preservation of the openness of the Green Belt, the impact of development on the purposes of including land within it, and so on, were not concepts of law. Rather, they were broad concepts of planning policy used in a wide range of circumstances. Second, that in dealing with the threshold question of whether a proposal was or was not an appropriate development in the green belt, and then in deciding whether the proposal was acceptable and ought to be given planning permission, the decision-maker must establish relevant facts and exercise relevant planning judgment. And if called upon to review the decision, the court would not be drawn beyond its limited role in the public law challenge. Third, that the nature of the decision maker's task would differ from one kind of development to another. For example, whether a proposal uh, was for buildings for agriculture and forestry, the first category of new buildings that are not to be regarded as inappropriate development under the policy in paragraph 89 of the MPPF, will be largely, if not wholly, a matter of fact. By contrast, assessing whether a proposed facility for outdoor sport, the second category in paragraph 89, would preserve the openness of the Greenbelt, was largely a matter of planning judgment. Uh, the same approach would apply to proposals for mineral extraction or engineering operations, two categories of quotes, other forms of development, that are potentially not inappropriate under the policy in paragraph 90 of the MPPF, which were subject to the same And are to the same proviso. So there, based upon Lord Justice Limbaugh's three points, we should have had it. But unfortunately, the implications of Lord Calmouth's uh, lead judgment in Samuel Smith, which had been published on the 5th of February, shortly after Hook had been heard in the Court of Appeal on the 28th of January, hadn't been woven into that exposition. So where Did matters then move? Well, the reconciliation appears to have arisen through the Court of Appeals' further consideration of the issue of openness uh, in their late summer decision in the case of uh, Liverpool Open and Green Spaces Community Interest Company against Liverpool City Council and Red Row Homes. Now, although in the context of a permission to build 39 dwellings on land within a green wedge, the court acknowledged that be it a local rather than a national policy, uh, the policy position was analogous with situations dealing with green belts. So the points identified in Hook could be extended to include that the imperative of preserving the openness of the green belt uh, could be looked at in this context, and indeed, again, was not a concept of law, but a broad policy concept with its meaning to be derived from the words used by the policymaker in that context. Perhaps re-establishing his position as now the premier judicial planning specialist following Lord Carnworth's retirement in early March, Lord Justice Lindblom restates the current case law principles as follows. First, the imperative of preserving the openness of the Greenbelt, a basic component of government policy in the NPPF and in previous statements of national policy is not a concept of law, it is a broad concept of policy. As with other formulations of planning policy, its meaning is to be derived from the words the policymaker has used, read sensibly, in their proper context, and not as if they were the provisions of a statute or contract. Two, applying the policy imperative of preserving the openness of the Green Belt requires realism and common sense. Three. Uh, drawing upon uh, the decisions in both the case of Turner and Samuel Smith, that the Court of Appeal accepted that in principle such effects can be relevant to this question as a matter of planning judgment, and this is a position that was actually accepted in the Supreme Court in Samuel Smith. In other words, that visual effects can be taken into account. Four, these cases also demonstrate the importance of context to a true understanding of the policy being considered. Context gives the policy meaning. The concept of openness here means the state of being free from built development, the absence of buildings as distinct from the absence of visual impact. Five, and finally, uh, there was no indication in the MPPF that the aim of preserving the openness of the Green belt excludes consideration of visual as well as physical or spatial impact. Finally, at least for now, in Loch investments against Mendip District Council and Norton St. Philip Parish Council, the Court of Appeal last month considered greenbelt principles again. However, this was in the concept of local green space policy within a neighbourhood plan. Now, by way of context, local green spaces or LGSs as the acronym is utilised, were introduced in response to a concern that areas of land were being registered as towns or village greens otherwise than through the planning system. Now, according to current uh, MPPF policy, paragraph 100, the local green space designation should only be used where the green space is a, in reasonably close proximity to the community it serves, b, demonstrably special to a local community and holds a particular local significance, for example, because of its beauty, historic significance, recreational value, including as a playing field, tranquility or richness of its wildlife. And C, local in character, and is not an extensive tract of land. And the MPPF goes on to just remind that policies for managing development within local green space should be consistent with those for green belts. Now, in the context of this challenge, the examiner had endorsed a policy that was more strict than green belt, by which development would only be permitted if it enhanced both the original use of the site and the reasons for its designation. The Court of Appeal held that as such a local policy was not consistent with national policy and thus failed to comply with the MPPF. it would require reasons in order to be justified for what was in effect a departure. As no reasons being given, not even in the examiner's report, they quashed the actual policy itself. So, is the application of the concept of openness now clear and beyond further judicial doubting? Hopefully so, given that where the higher courts lay emphasis on planning judgment, that should be an end to the matter. However, it also illustrates that the nuanced meaning of openness and meaning continues to be a matter of law for the court. Legal debates over whether Greenbelt policy has been correctly understood are likely to continue, and whether those debates will be confined to the planning court or proceed to the higher courts will be a matter of equally uncertain future for now, like the future health of this nation during the remainder of 2020 and beyond. Thanks for listening. At 39 Essex Chambers, we cover a vast array of practice areas and sectors, You can find out more about our expertise and our barristers at 39essex.com, where you can also see our extensive catalogue of articles, podcasts and webinars.